Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. <laughs> that's, when you, that's when you go. <laughs> I am slow brain still. <laughs> I, just, uh, I, was like, I was watching you like it was like a video and then I realized, oh crap, <laughs> this is a live conversation. I might still have COVID brain. Uh, my name is Andrew and we are this Jesus life podcast <laughs> well all right well i'm a dummy um <clears throat> obviously and i'm gonna brain blame COVID brain even though today is the day that i'm like released to be back in the world um so happy friday to me um man i feel bad for Jana, josh Jana, if you're listening is my wife did she get um it? no no her birthday's tomorrow, and since she didn't get it, she has to start her quarantine tomorrow um, for a while. What? She like, yeah, it's this whole thing. Like, because she didn't have symptoms, but I did, and Catherine did, all that, uh, she just has to, like, stay home for a while. Um, I think it's, like, she has to wait a couple days, then she can be tested, and it's this whole thing, man. It's a whole thing, but I feel bad for her because her birthday is tomorrow and she can't go out and enjoy the world. So, that yeah. So, I don't know. If you're listening to this and you're having a bad day, just uh, just know that you could be quarantining at home even though you have no symptoms or anything uh, of COVID on your birthday. So, it could be worse, you know? It could be worse. How are you doing, man? Can't you go like get tested now and just call it a day? No, her doctor, she did a telehealth with her like the other day and she's, her doctor basically said like, yeah, you have to wait until like two or three days after I think Monday or Tuesday is, are the first days huh. that, that she could get tested to make sure she doesn't develop that's symptoms, lame. which if she does, that's going to be even more lame, but I don't think she's going to get sick since she already had it. So yeah, man, that's what's up over here in the Hannah house. I'm trying to Our figure out how to make had it before. And you guys yeah. didn't get it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really it's crazy. Mind boggling. Yeah, it is. My mind is boggled for sure. <laughs> it should be. I'd like to say that more. Like when somebody says something really smart, like, dude, my mind is boggled right now. <laughs> anyway, dude, what's up with you? How you doing? Funny. Doing well. Uh, can't complain. I'm trying to think if there's anything like new in general. I don't think so. Uh, pretty normal, pretty normal things these days. My yeah. grandma gets into town, uh, so we get to see her. Yes. Other than that, uh, just doing the same old, same old around here. Other than there is a hurricane going on right now outside in Colorado. Which is impressive because uh, you're in Colorado. Like, hurricanes are not. Yeah. No warm. rain, no rain, huh. no moisture, just like some crazy blowing winds. Really? You know, my dad is actually about 24 hours into camping in Colorado. Uh, they're backpack elk hunting right now. They like backpacked oh, in. My dad and uncle and uh, my aunt went as well because um, she loves backpacking. She's not going to hunt, but she loves being out there. But uh, yeah, man, they're, they've been out there for like 24 hours now. So hopefully it's uh, just wind and no, nothing else where they are too. Way up in the mountains. So, like, if they get an elk, is there, like, a phone number they can call and someone comes and picks it up? Or 
<laughs> only if you only if you arrange that in advance, and I don't know if they did, but they're so during elk Dang. season in Colorado and like all the small mountain time towns, there's a lot of people who will use horses and like backpack an elk out for you with their horse, like pay okay. them a couple hundred bucks, and they'll bring in a horse and like fill the saddlebags with meat and walk it out. Um, huh. Or people who have ATVs, if you're allowed to ATV in that area, will do that too. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people for bow hunting, especially, will just pack it out, like and and take multiple trips and like fill their backpacks That's and crazy. all this stuff. It's crazy because with a bowl, it can be like three hundred pounds of meat. Like it's no joke, and that's even with like removing all the bones and making it as light as possible. But it's a whole thing, man. It's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, that's pretty nuts. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, the whole even just backpacking anywhere doesn't sound fun either like Dude, i like the camp you, on my truck no no me. man if i lived in colorado still we would go backpacking because now that you like camping mm. it is just next level cool man like you take this dehydrated these good they're they're actually good i promise dehydrated meals um i don't know why my daughter's yelling but take them in and uh and you can just like get in these insane places that look, you know, amazing, like middle of a hike and then just stay there. It's, I don't know. It's awesome. And I like it a lot. I'm all huh. about backpacking. I have too much crap for like camping. Like, where am That's I going to put thing. my air mattress? Where am I going to put my big old tent? Like, That's that just the seems thing. exhausting. I have to carry all that you stuff need, in. You need like a four pound tent, like that is small and you can hang from your backpack and carry, uh, you'd need to get some stuff. My tent but, has wheels you know, on it. <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, your tent seriously has wheels. It's that big. <laughs> uh, I don't know if my tent does, but great. there's like a really good chance. My air mattress does. <laughs> my air mattress is like a cot too. It's like a built in cot. <laughs> So it's pretty That's so funny. Dude, I know you're not I'll, this, but... My thing but is it, like... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. My whole thing is like, if if I'm not going to be comfortable doing it, I'm not going to do it. So Remember like, when I have all, on, I have Parks and Rec, when, uh, on Parks and Rec when Tom ordered all that stuff from Sky Mall um, for camping? For their camping trip, and he had like an ice cream oh, yeah, maker yeah, yeah. and all that stuff going, and yeah, like yeah. killed all the batteries. It's pretty impressive. Well, <laughs> that's what I think of when you're like, my tent has wheels on it. Like that's exactly yeah. what I think of. What's well, a so pretty funny. big tent? It's like a seven, eight man tent, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong, maybe because I got those two. I got to fit my yeah. entire. I got to fit my entire cotton air mattress in it, and then Jack's <laughs> cage. Um, because Jack does not do well if he's not in a cage. That's funny. Um, you got like bunk beds going, a small dog trampoline dude, by the door. I have my TV <laughs> in there. Um, yeah. I don't have an ice maker or a, a um, ice cream maker though. I should look into that. What would that take? Wait, do you uh, but for I have, like, real bring a TV? Too. Do you no, take a TV? TV. Okay, my iPad. Uh, I do take my iPad. Kid. Take your iPad. That's fair. That's. I mean, if you're gonna take, if you're gonna do all the other stuff, you might as well take an iPad. That's fine. That's very well, usually when I go camping, like I usually camp during the week. At least I did this this yeah. summer, uh, and I'm still yeah. working. So, like nice. as long as I have internet service, get it all done. 
That's what's up. Well, dude. Uh, this last time I got well. screwed. You did? Apparently Verizon I... has a limit on how many uh, on how much gigs you're allowed to use, and I blew past it. So I spent a lot mm. of time in front of a Walmart park in a Walmart parking lot stealing their Wi-Fi <laughs> to get the rest of my work done for the day. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> whatever. Uh, it is what it is. Dude, I'm making a note. Uh, nothing. It's not about anything spiritual or podcast related, but Verizon has this Wi-Fi deal that they're like LTE Wi-Fi that I'm thinking about trying because I live in the country and my Wi-Fi is pretty terrible, but it seems like uh, they're offering this and it's really good. So I might try it out. We'll see. You should look into um, um, crap. What's the name of it? Um, Tesla's thing. They have like satellites that you connect to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tesla does? Um, and it's it's stupid fast. The only downside is like there's not enough satellites in the air right now, so it cuts out from time to time. Wow! Um, but it's it's super fast. That's crazy. I don't know what it's called. That's crazy. There's a name for it. Of course, Tesla does, man. That's so wild. So wild. <clears throat> well, dude, um, we're in the Hope series, and we've been here a while. We're almost done with the Hope series, actually. I think there might be like one more week after this, if I remember right. But um, overall, I've really enjoyed doing this. I don't know about you, man. I feel like it's been been a solid series. We've talked through like the idea that grace changes everything, which is you know something we reference a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Some wrong attributes and right attributes, hopefully, of of God, kind of how we view Him and how we understand God. Um, relationship uncensored which my wife made fun of that name but you know directly being in relationship with god and what that means emerging from the foxhole um that was a fun one maybe maybe top definitely top five (laughs) of of this series um yeah and then last week did we do two weeks on feeling vulnerable or or just one last week i can't remember it all blends together yeah, I can't remember either. I think it was just one week. No, just that's what week. it was. We recorded it twice. That's, that's exactly what too. happened. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, so talking about vulnerability. And yeah, sorry, we uh, we took a while to get that out, but we did record it twice and we had a week off as well. So this week, maybe not the most fun topic for me naturally, but calling it a tail between your legs and honestly just focusing in on shame. So um, I don't know where you want to start or if you want to add like some thoughts on what this hope series has been like for you to walk through, but yeah. What are your thoughts, man? I think the big overarching thought um, that's easier to like intellectually understand than it is to actually practice, but um, like the gospel is taking care of our shame. Like Jesus took our shame on the cross and, um, mm. meaning we don't, we don't function in shame any longer as followers of Jesus. Um, now practically, how does that really get lived out? I, I think it's a lot more, a lot more difficult for people, um, than just to at least, at least be able to say, yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that Jesus took care of my shame. Um, but I think oftentimes, um, Shame is that tool that the enemy just constantly uses to keep you from, you know, achieving that next whatever um, in your life. 
um, whether it's next freedom or next understanding or next um, um, thing to take on, um, all these things just keep holding you back because you you can't let go of the shame of your life. And the reality is, like, we've all done bad things. Like, we've all sinned against God. We all have done things we, we regret doing, and we'd rather not relive those things. Um, yeah. But I think oftentimes we we take those things and we just stuff them down instead of dealing with them and bringing them out into the open. Yeah. I mean, that's where shame gets its power. Um, so like this week is broken up into, you know, turn on the spotlight, you know, bring your shame into the light, uh, which mm-hmm. means you got to let it out. <clears throat> um, untangle the spaghetti, like figure out, you know, your thoughts and the things that um, take you back to those places. Um, you know, I've always heard this statement said, I don't know where I got it from, but, um, you know, shame says I'm bad. Guilt says I did something wrong. Um, you should feel mm-hmm. guilty. That's, that's the reality of, of, of your life. You've done something wrong. You, you should feel like you've done something wrong, but it shouldn't attack your identity. You know, you're not mm-hmm. bad because you've done something wrong um, because of what Jesus did on the cross um, for no other yeah. reason than that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, God's grace and mercy are greater than your sin. Um, and then, you know, the last, the last big one here is enlisting help. Um, you know, find community, and if community is not enough, find counseling um, to deal with a lot of that shame. But those yeah. are my initial thoughts. Yeah, dude. Well, uh, that's the whole podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, man, solid. And you know, there's that this idea of like conviction for things that that you did that were wrong, you know, uh, and, and shame is just like you said, that I am bad, you know, therefore I should hide. I should suppress. I should not show other people how I failed, or I should just totally avoid that, uh, forever, you know? Um, but the like conviction side and that shame does come from, uh, the enemy. Like shame is something that is not, uh, in my understanding used by God, it's, you know, you think of shame as like pointing at the person who did something wrong and the whole group is like, shame, shame, you know, like, I don't know. That's kind of what I think of where it's just like beating somebody down or beating yourself down. Um, with that overarching, I am bad or you are bad, you know, message where conviction is, which is maybe more of like a churchy word, uh, maybe not. I don't know. I guess it's maybe not like our legal system conviction, you know, like you've been convicted. Um, conviction is the same thing where it's like, I feel strongly that what I did was wrong, you know? Um, and I understand that deeply. So what are, what are you going to do about it? You know, um, are you going to hide it and, and build up shame around it? Or are you going to lean into it um, and and turn on the spotlight? You know, as you kind of said, um, putting it out there takes away the power of shame um, around that sin. Doesn't take away consequences, doesn't take away like natural next right steps, but but it does uh, take away the, the shame or hopefully does for sure. Yeah, no, that's good. I think too, like... Um... Um, forgot what I was going to go with that. Um, I I think what what you said, like bringing it into the light or however you said it uh, differently than I did, Mm -hmm. but, um, 
like I think that's a very important step. Like anything that's 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 left in secret. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, now we've talked about this before. Now it's not healthy to get on Facebook and, and post all of these things to everybody in the entire world. Right. Um, but right. like, you should have people that love Jesus, love you in that order. That you should be sharing these things that yeah. that you're struggling with in terms of shame uh, and letting those out. Is that a scary situation? One hundred percent. That's scary. Like, how are they going to respond to you if they knew that you know? you had these fantasies of killing this person or whatever that plays out, whatever the shame is. If you do, hopefully they're not about me. Um, no, <laughs> not these days uh, there's been seasons for sure. Um, but it, it's letting those things out. You know, it, it's the same thing with sin, right? Like if you're dealing with habitual sin, habitual sin loses its power when, when you bring it into the light, like when others know yeah. about what's going on. Um, and it's not just you and this like secret thing that you hold on to. And I would argue like secrets aren't healthy uh, for anybody. Yeah. Um, like secrets are also like um, they're not healthy in the sense of like you have to manage that. Like that's just another thing to add on to the stress of life because you have to manage is this getting out or this is not getting out. Um, yeah. You know, I would argue that somebody in your life should know all your secrets. Um, not mm-hmm. saying it has to be an individual, but like as it spans across um, your, your friend groups, the people that walk with, you know, walk with you in life that somebody should know about what's going on in your life. And that's the easiest way to, to overcome. I think the shame um, monster for lack of a better term, um, Mm -hmm. as he just likes to gobble up things that are, that are kept in secret. But the second you start to bring out into light, you'll, you'll be shocked at how powerful that light ends up being. Um, Yeah, Definitely. Man, one <clears throat> one thing I don't know how much time we spent on uh, the last kind of takeaway from last week um, was nope, never going back, you know. And and I think that's something to bring up here is as soon as you take something that has been kind of in the dark and put it out in the light, um, like this is what I've been struggling with, or this is what I've have shame around or this is what I've suppressed or hidden or whatever the right language is. Um, you have like, there's, there's freedom quickly in that of like, wow, I just feel like this is off my shoulders finally. Um, and then secondly, you look at it and it's like, it's very clear, very easy to look back and say like, I'm never going back there. Like I'm never going back into that secret. I'm never going back into that um, sin. I'm never going back into that way of thinking or acting or, or whatever it might be, you know, um, like that. Nope. Never going back mindset is it might sound if there's something like on your mind right now that you're like, I could never tell anybody that, or I could never, um, share that, you know, or I couldn't even conquer that. That's just a sin that's going to be with me forever. Then, you know, realistically, uh, you just don't understand grace fully, or you don't understand how grace could apply to your personal situation, uh, whatever that might be. So I don't know, man, that, that note never going back is, is just real true. You know, and there are things in my life I can think about and just like, yeah, I'm never going back to, how that was. I'm never going to move back into that way of thinking or doing or being like that season is done. 
that God taught me that and, and that's not coming back, you know, by choice for me ever. Um, and by God's grace, but also just like I learned from that, I'm not going back because I don't know, man, sin, sin might start fun for a minute, um, but it doesn't stay that way. You know, um, it might feel good for a moment, but, but it pretty quickly feels real bad um, and, and not enjoyable, at least to me. And maybe that's God just is quick to convict me uh, when I'm choosing the sin. I don't know. But it doesn't stay fun uh, to, to live in sin, and it doesn't stay fun to live in shame either. I think, too, like when we think we can't conquer sin in our life or God can't conquer sin in our life or we feel um, like this sin is always going to be around or um, that how could God ever forgive this specific thing, Um, whatever that thing may be for you. Like, I I think a lot of that just lives inside the world of pride. Um, Mm. Like to think that your sin's greater than, than Jesus sacrifice. Like you're in some, you're in some scary water there. Um, Like it'd be worth digging into um, and figuring out why, Mm. but um, in all reality, like he, he did, he took care of it. Like if, if you're a, excuse me, if you're his, um, like you've recognized that you're a sinner in need of, of salvation and he's provided that salvation to you, like that sin's taken care of. Like, you know, uh, scripture says that we're washed as white as snow as our sins are cast as far as the East is from the West. Um, right. Like all of these, all of these elements that are just, just true, um, that we have to choose to accept. Um, like I remember, um, I'm trying to remember what he did. I think it was a DUI. So my first job, job, job was a facility guy at a church. So I like clean toilets and, and redid floors. Uh, and we get community service workers in there all the time. And one of the guys, I remember him saying like, you know, I, I know that my wife's forgiven me. My kids have forgiven me. Um, I just can't forgive myself. Um, and you know, there's part of that. You're like, you know, you're just talking at your ass, um, because it sounds like the right thing to say, or like, is that really where you're sitting that you can't forgive yourself? Um, like, like that's not a life worth, worth living. That's just going to hold you back constantly. Like the gospel took care of it. Um, you know, Jesus sacrifices is more than enough for it. And I think it's, it's hard for us to accept that at times, but I would argue that we find ourselves in the situations. I mean, it's really just pride thinking, our sins better than our sins, more unique, our sins, whatever. Like there's nothing new to man under the sun. Like there's nothing you're doing that isn't, that is so crazy and out there um, that someone hasn't done it before. Um, Like you're not that special. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, As much as we love to think that we are at times, it's just, just not, not, not the case. Right. Um, So I think it's often, it's important to, um, to remind yourself that Jesus grace and mercy is greater than your sin. Um, so be okay with that. So be okay with talking about your sin with those that love Jesus, love you, uh, be okay with, um, owning up to those things as you've done them in your past. Now, if someone tries to, to hold you, hold that against you, um, like that's on them. That's not on you. Like, don't, don't take, don't accept that. Like say, screw you. I'm out. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, that's that's anti-gospel. Thinking about shame and this this track like i think about where we met uh which was youth ministry you know and a decent 
or a, a thing that always comes up at some point in youth ministry is uh, like sexual stuff, like uh, porn in particular is, is a huge thing that is, is always going to come out of like somebody was looking at something they shouldn't have or whatever. Like it just comes out because teenagers uh, eventually stumble upon porn and, and it's like a horrible thing on their soul. Like it, it's a thing that uh, is definitely not how God intended sex in any way. Um, and unfortunately, it's like a big part of our culture Culture that says, hey, this is good. This is fine. Uh, maybe not for like young, you know, teenagers or whatever, but for adults, a lot of our culture is like, yeah, porn's fine when it's not. Um, but you or I uh, or, or other leaders would often be in the position of like kind of coaching um, through students admitting like, yeah, I'm struggling with watching porn or whatever that looks like. Um, and man, one of the first things in there is like pretty much all the students feel like they're the only one, uh, when that starts, like I'm the only one who would ever do this, or I'm alone in this struggle, or I'm so messed up that, that I looked at porn, you know? Um, and it's the shame monster when in reality, it's like, yeah, this is a struggle for like every single person your age and lots of people older than you and probably younger than you too, you know? Um, but the enemy is like really quick to try to push towards like, you're the only one. This is just you. You're messed up. Like you're bad. You know, when, when you're stepping into really any sin, uh, but especially that one, cause it's kind of like a coming of age. You're figuring you're, you know, you're grown up and, and there's different desires and that, that sin is one that isn't, uh, prevalent for super young kids, hopefully, um, but comes around at some point. So there's there's just this whole, like, I don't know, it's just so clear when you're a little bit older and looking back on it, that that voice of like, you're the only one, you're bad, this is bad, quit doing this, do it more. Like, it's all about like, be isolated in your sin. Um, and don't even don't even talk to your friends about it. Don't even talk to leaders about it or people who love Jesus and love you like stay quiet, stay in shame is kind of the enemy's MO. Cause like that's a place where he can beat you down, you know, um, where you're definitely not going to be like doing anything, uh, to take ground in, in God's will, um, or in your life. If you're just beat down and in the corner, um, dealing with shame and thinking you're the only one who could possibly be struggling with that thing. Like you said, like, Shame and pride are connected. Um, and that, I wrote that down because that, uh, that hit me like, yeah, shame and pride are connected and, and they feed on one another. So, yeah, man, that's my thoughts. I know as, well, the crazy as you thing- pastor for years, you had those conversations probably a thousand more times, but I feel like it's relatable to a lot of other sins. Yeah. I, I think too, like, there's crazy things that we do to justify our our shame or to justify our sin, why we have to battle it alone, why we have to, you know, we keep it quiet and not tell anyone. Like I remember having a conversation with with a guy uh, about something that he was dealing with and um, you know, 
his response, well, I can't tell my wife. And I said, you know, why can't you tell your wife? Well, it hurt her. <laughs> well, you've already done it. So like the hurt has mm-hmm. already happened. Like mm-hmm. to justify it in your own head that you got to deal with it on your own and then come to her after the fact and say, oh, I fixed all this. Like that's mind boggling. Um, <clears throat> like you're just, you're just living in the shame of it all and hiding it all, thinking that you're going mm-hmm. to try to overcome it all on your own. And the reality is you're not going to like, um, or, Scripture's pretty clear, like until you bring it into the light, like it's going to continue to to wreak havoc on your life. Um, it's just what it's going to do. But um, I think too often that we get in these weird places where we're like, well, I can't talk about this specific shame or this specific you know incident in my life or this specific sin that I'm dealing with um, because of this reason, this reason, this reason, or what are they going to think about me? Or um, and you're just um, perpetuating this this destructive cycle in your life um, yeah. and letting shame grow and grow and grow. And eventually you get to the place where like, you're just exhausted because you're spinning so many plates to keep mm. um, at some point, the lies, you know, still running um, that are just going to like, you're, you're going to end up being exhausted. You're going to end up dealing with other sins because now you're exhausted and you're not paying attention. And um, then you start to blame God for all of this. Like, God, why did you do this? Um, like, then you get into these just weird, weird cycles of destruction that ends up, you know, um, removing you from your community. So you disengage and disconnect. Um, then you do the same thing with God. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a faith in Jesus anymore. And you're like, mm-hmm. how did we get here so quickly? And it, oftentimes it's because there's just undealt with shame, undealt with junk in our life that we just try to do on our own. Um, you know, we couldn't talk about it because, you know, we've created these crazy rules in our head of why we couldn't talk about it. Uh, right. And maybe these are family rules too, right? Like, mm. you know, I, I know families that are like, yeah, we don't talk about those types of things. Um, yeah. Which you're like, that's mind boggling. Like, don't, if you're a parent, don't be that parent. Um, create a mm. safe environment in your home where you can talk about anything. Mm. Uh, but there's that piece of it too, that like you end up, um, you end up having all this, this unhealthy relationship because this is how you were raised. You didn't know any better. Um, so it's worth digging into that as well for you um, to figure out, you know, what's God trying to teach you in the midst of all this. But <clears throat> I would say all this too, like, um, like your you fostering a relationship with Jesus is the key to all of these things, right? Yeah. Like, if you're not fostering a relationship with Jesus, it's gonna be really hard to fight against shame because you just don't feel confident um, that Jesus is actively you know involved in your life. Uh, yeah. You know the if if I'm not practicing the things that, that help me foster relationship with people and, and, and with Jesus, then like, yeah, I'm not going to have safe places where I can trust others and feel vulnerable um, and share what's going on really in my life. Like it's going to feel like it's out of left field for that person because, well, it's going to be out of left field for that person. Cause you're like, yeah, we don't have that yeah. kind of relationship, but yet mm-hmm. this dude's dropping it all on me right now, um, which I've been in plenty of those conversations. You're like, Oh, okay, cool. One of my favorite those, and this has nothing to do with our conversation today, um, but like, um, I, I want to say this person was like in seventh grade, maybe at the time, yeah. Um, and they and they came up to me after services, and they're like, "Hey, can can we meet this week? I just I want to talk to you about some stuff." I was like, "Sure," um, and I'm assuming it's porn because like he's a seventh grade boy. Seventh and that's grade. usually the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> we go and get coffee or something like that, and start sharing a story. And he's like, well, I have two girlfriends. They don't know about each other. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> I was like, what? This is the craziest conversation I've ever been in. Uh, did That's not so expect that. You have boy. two girlfriends? 
Dude. Like, dude, I'm like 15 years old. I'm just trying to find one. You got two girlfriends here. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of my favorite stories. You're like, oh, that's fantastic. Oh man, you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of stories like that. Where, like, which you told me over the years of uh, just students like totally out of the blue things that you're like, oh crap, this is not what I expected. Okay. Um, yeah. but it comes back to it. Well, that's the other thing too, yeah. is like when you start getting involved in people's lives like that and you start talking about the, and it, this is true of anyone, not just pastors, like you're going to get involved in people's lives and they're going to share things with you, uh, yeah. that are difficult to hear, <clears throat> um, you know, but show grace as Jesus would show grace, show mercy as Jesus would show mercy in those things. Um, uh, but confident, like confidentiality matters. So like, there's things that I know about people that I'm going to go to my grave yeah. knowing, uh, yeah. that I don't get to share with other people. Right, because um, it's not it's not fair to them. It's not my story to tell. Uh, but like you know a lot about people, and like that just comes with the territory relationship, right? Like there's certain yeah. burdens that you're willing to carry, and you know when Jesus says carry one another's burdens, I think this is oftentimes what what that means. Um, they're going to carry my burdens, and you're going to you know, and I'm going to carry theirs, and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I think oftentimes we forget that too. Like we just think it's going to be the kumbaya, everything's great, and like you know we're running through a meadow, and the flowers are are blooming. <laughs> Um, and oftentimes relationships are pretty messy and people's yeah. lives are messy and yeah. um, you just got to, you got to know it's coming when you start to get involved in people's lives like that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's going to get messy. Yeah. But it's worth the mess. Cause you want, you want other people being in yours too, you know, and, uh, and you don't get there by accident unless you're willing to be, be honest and, and bring the things that, that give you shame and put them in the light, you know, uh, turn a spotlight on them. That's it's vital, man. Um, and then I like how day two was untangle the spaghetti, um, understanding your thoughts. But really, it's like untangle the spaghetti of of relationships and just deal with the fact that it's messy and messed up and not in a straight order, um, not easy to follow all the time. But yeah, man, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but we probably should talk about it a lot. Um, because it's important to understand, but the lopsided scale of God's grace versus, um, sin in our lives. wonder mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on that of like, I don't know. Cause it feels like it can very easily feel like, well, you sin once you ask forgiveness once scales, even, you know, or maybe it raises a little bit and you're like, you're more forgiven than you are sinful. Um, you send three times though. And like that scale bumps down and you're a little lopsided. So like, I don't know, talk mm-hmm. to me about like that, that lopsided scale analogy, uh, with grace always weighing out. Yeah. I, I think too, like, um, and, and you said it right there. Like, I, I think there's this misconception about the gospel and what Jesus did on the cross that there's a moment where you've sinned too much. It could be the same sin. Right, it could be any habitual sin that you deal with on a regular basis, um, and you've you've now you know participated in that sin for the millionth time. Um, I think at some point we get to the place where like we we convince ourselves that God's like, oh yeah, we're not um, like we've done it too many times. He's not going to forgive me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, is no, like one hundred percent, he's he's going to forgive you. I had a sermon illustration once um, where I had a bunch of tootsie rolls to represent sin because. Your sin shit. Um, I didn't say that because I was talking to teenagers, but um, that's what I was thinking when I was sharing it. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. uh, And I put it on a scale 
Um, and then, you know, my hand represented the grace of God and just, I launched the, the turn nice. through the air. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's the reality of it. Like no matter how yeah. many times I have to come back to Jesus for forgiveness, Jesus is more than happy and willing to forgive. Um, you know, like I, I think too often that we, we, um, we get in these weird little cycles where we're like, well, God can't forgive anymore. Like I've mm-hmm. asked for forgiveness seven times this week for the same thing. You're like, yeah, keep asking for forgiveness. Now, I would say this. You should probably have some other conversation with Jesus in the midst of that. Like, if you're constantly going back to the same thing, like, mm-hmm. probably start having conversations of, like, hey, Jesus, like, what about this thing? Like, what is it triggering in me? Or, like, what is the mm-hmm. what is the undealt with whatever that takes me back? Like, deal with that stuff. Have those conversations mm-hmm. with Jesus. That's important. Um, but, like, there, there's no limit on how many times Jesus is going to forgive you. Like his, yeah. his grace was more than sufficient. His sacrifice was, was more than enough to take care of your, your sin. And I think all too often that we get in these weird places and, and we do it too. Like we do it with our friends, right? Like, um, because we get frustrated, they keep doing the same thing. Like we like yeah. lean that way of like, Oh yeah. Like Jesus probably is not gonna forgive you anymore. Like we don't yeah. say that outright, but like we're thinking yeah. of like, dude, again, like you gotta be effing kidding me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, how often do we do things like that where we're, you know, we're, we're just reinforcing a, a, a lie that they're believing that Jesus isn't going to forgive them anymore because they've done it too many times. Um, yeah. And that's just not the reality of who Jesus is. And I think mm-hmm. when we start to find that freedom, then we're more open to having the conversation too with Jesus about that specific sin or that shame or that um, experience or that whatever, um, and start to deal and heal from those things um, in your life. So you can continue to move forward with, with who Jesus called you to be. But yeah. I think all too often in, in Christian circles, I, I think there's so many Christians that are held back um, by sin and shame um, that they're just not fully experiencing the Jesus life. And when they get into that cycle, they don't want others to experience it either. Yeah. Um, so they do things yeah. that sabotage others um, or they say things that like not biblical, but they say things um, just to make themselves feel better. Um, and you know, they're usually slide, you know, you know, side comments that, that aren't, you know, direct to it, but like do, you know, damage to, to that individual and to that relationship. Uh, yeah. So I think that's part of it. And it probably goes back to pride, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if I'm not happy, then no one's going to be happy around me and I'm going to make sure everyone is mis- as miserable as I am. Um, right. Like love those people well, if they're around you, but like, don't, don't get sucked into their vortex. Life is yeah. not worth it um, to, to go down those roads. Like Jesus is taking care of so much more than for you to get stuck in those cycles. Right. Right. Man, that was convicting uh, to me. Now, I'm not going to share all the details, but just a friend came to mind that I, I kind of um, had put on the back. Like I had reached out multiple times uh, to try to reconnect and, and know that this friend is in kind of a rough spot. Um, but, but I've been reaching out and reaching out and just feel like, you know, like at some point you got to put in some effort too, if you want this to be a real friendship, but you know what, man, like I felt convicted of like, no, like they're in a rough spot. You need to be the one to keep pursuing. Um, so I'm going to give them a call, uh, probably today. Um, but it was just convicting of like, yeah, you know, like the Lord, uh, that analogy of like, keep asking forgiveness of God, like he's going to be right there and then start having those other conversations too. Like we got to be, super diligent in that. And, and like we've talked about a lot, it's important to fight for relationships. So 
I'm going to try to be mm-hmm. intentional on that and try not to be uh, not as prickly, you know, of like, well, I've called five times mm-hmm. and you haven't called back once. So we're done. You know, it's like, no, it's worth it to fight for, for other people uh, and to fight to stay in their yeah. lives in a good way. So I don't know, man, that was personally convicting. Yeah. Like if relationships, if relationships matter, matter to you, that relationship matters. Like, yeah, we should pursue those things. Like people should be valued and pursued. Um, I think all too often, even if they don't know how to be valued and pursued, like that's probably where we get um, the struggle um, because yeah. you got to teach them how to be valued and pursued when you do yeah. you know, value and pursue them. Um, but um, I, I think all too often, you know, we, we throw relationships away too fast. Now there are relationships that are going to go by the wayside. That's just the reality of right. life. Like that's going right. to happen. Right. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but it shouldn't be our MO and it shouldn't be our go-to. Like we have to determine, does this relationship matter to me? Yes, it does. And it's worth me investing over and over and over again. Even if I feel like that person's not investing anything back, yeah. uh, like yeah. at some point we'll, we'll see fruit of this, I would assume. And you know, if you're, you know, a year, two years down the road and you're still not seeing fruit, then you're like, well, maybe we just start to slow down how much I invest in this relationship, but don't cut it off all completely. Like you yeah. don't know what God wants to do with those things in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah you know, I've definitely have friends that like, um, are a pain in the butt to get a hold of. <laughs> um, we just play phone tech, phone tech, phone tech um, yep. until we do. And then you get, a, you get connected with them and you're like, Oh, it's like nothing changed. Right. Um, Right. You know, we pick it up right where we left off, but <clears throat> like people are busy, people have lives, people have other things going on. Um, I think it's all too easy. We pass judgment on something or someone when all reality that it's not like we shouldn't be passing judgment. Though. There's, there's more going on that we don't realize or understand. Well, but, um, sorry about that. I should have yeah. responded, but my wife texted me about something random. So I wrote it back real quick. Um, yeah, man. Well, I don't know. If nothing else, today's uh, talk on shame has been personally challenging to me in that way that I didn't see coming. Um, but it's at least good. But I don't know, man. This is one of the this is like one of the things that maybe you learn. Maybe, maybe I'll just speak first person. This is one of the things that I have had to learn slowly and relearn and relearn again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I talked and it's probably because pride in my life is like a thing that I keep circling back to is like, Oh, I thought I was over being proud. Then yeah, there's another spot of pride in my life. So right there with it is shame. Um, and, and that link is important, but it's something that I've had to learn lessons on like too many times. And I'm sure I'll have to in the future. Um, but but this has been a good reminder. And I just think it might be something that maybe for some people they can hear this or a sermon on it, or the Lord can speak to them once or convict them once. And like the shame monster is gone. And this isn't something that, that they have as an issue in their life. But for me, it's been a consistent one and kind of like appealing back the onion more and more type thing where pride kind of gets stripped away positively by God slowly. And as, as I'm willing to move, you know, um, on these things. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like it's an important lesson of, of what shame is and kind of the role shame can play in your relationship with God and with other people. But it, uh, it hasn't been a fast one for me to learn. Um, I don't know about you, 
But for me, it's been slow and like an onion with a lot of layers. And I don't even know where I'm at in that journey, but I know I've had to learn lessons around this a bunch of times. I'm pretty sure I'll have to in the future too. So (laughs) it's kind of where I'm at on. Well, I think too, like, and and this is with, with all types of sin though, like, like your shame is not just destructive for yourself. Like it's destructive to other people. It's destructive mm. to other relationships that you have. So like yeah. how you parent, how you, how you're a friend, how you lead other people, like all is going to be affected by your ability to deal with your shame or not deal with your shame. Um, because it's going to spew out on people. Um, like you're going to, you're going to um, downplay them. You're going to speak, you know, uh, poorly of, of somebody because it's speaking to your shame um, and you don't even realize the effect that you're having on that person. Um, but like you're, you're probably walking through like a wrecking ball, like we get mm. old Miley Cyrus, um, right? Like <laughs> right. our undealt with crap of our lives, whether it's sin or shame or, or whatever happens to be like, you're, you're affecting the people around you. It's just the reality of it. Um, and if you're not dealing with those things and having those conversations with Jesus about those things, like, yeah, you're going to continue to to wreak havoc uh, in just the relationships around you. So, like, even if you're like, I can't do it for myself, do it for other people. Like, do it because you want to break a cycle yeah. um, in your family. Um, do it because you want to um, make a difference with the people around you and be a place of, of life-giving hope rather than, you know, uh, overbearing or a burden of relationship. Like there's, there's practical relational, um, things that come into play and we choose to, to deal with this junk. Like you'll, you'll find relationships. They'll always have problems. Don't get me wrong, but they become a lot more easy to understand. Um, when we start to deal with our own crap, because we start to remove those blinders or those, you know, junk that's going on to, um, so we can be more present in that relationship and not worry, um, so much about everything else going on. But, you know, it's definitely worth digging into it all. Yeah. Um, definitely uh, worth having those conversations with Jesus. And if you're sitting there, you're like, I don't even know what shame I may be dealing with. Well, that's a simple question. That's Jesus. Hey, Jesus, like what, what shame am I not dealing with? What shame have I right. pushed down? Um, and I promise there's going to be events. There's going to be, you know, seasons are going to be things that he pops into your mind, mm-hmm. you know, talk them out with them, share everything you can think about, um, uh, about those topics, how you felt going through it, any fears that you're, you know, dealing with, um, even the fears of like, what if I, I told, you know, so-and-so about what's going on or what went on, um, you know, have those conversations with Jesus and let them, let them lead you through that. You'll be, you'll be blown away by the sanctification that starts to happen in your heart and your life uh, mm-hmm. when you choose just to start dealing with these things and having those hard conversations with God. Yeah. But, That's a good word, Andrew. man. That's a good right next step. And uh, just encourage, I want it, I know we're done uh, in just a sec, but I just want to encourage you people and me, Andrew, when I re-listen to this, to take that step. It's simple, but it is powerful to, to start having those open conversations with the Lord and really asking questions and waiting to hear back on them of, you know, what would it look like if I had that conversation with that person? Um, around this, if I let go of this shame, if I actually accepted your your forgiveness in this, what would that look like? Um, so, yeah, man, this has been good. It's good. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Hey, as always, it's good to see those eyes. <laughs> it's good to have them seen, my friend. <laughs> good to see you. Ah, I'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.